The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Well, here we are again looking at this series, Being BTC. And so far, we've been looking at a few aspects, a few questions, if you like. Uh, And some of these have been like this. What is the intention of the church? Why does the church meet on Sundays? What is the church supposed to be? And hopefully, over these last three or four weeks, you've been able to get some understanding to the answers that we have been given. And today, I want to ask what I think is a sensible question, uh, but it's a question that we ask because of us, because of the church, because there is the church, we're part of the church, and so therefore, we want to ask this, what is my role, what part do I have to play in all of this? That is as far as the church is concerned. What is my role? What part do I have to play in all of this? But I'm going to look at a few points first. And the first point I want to look at is the doorway of salvation. The doorway of salvation. I was a sinner. I had cheated. I had lusted. I had been proud and arrogant. I had wrongly judged. I had loved myself way more than I had loved God. But I felt really much like any other person. I was just simply trying to live my life in the best way that I could. However, I was also attending church. Now, that wasn't really my choice because I was taken to church by my parents. And I listened to many messages from many preachers such as I'm bringing to you now. But there was something that kept nagging on the inside of me, something that was concerning me. And it was this, I wanted to be clean. I wanted to get right with God. Whatever that meant, I wanted something that I didn't seem to have. And something was stirred up in me when I went to church. I wanted to know forgiveness for the things that I had done wrong in my life. So I asked Jesus to come and to forgive me and to cleanse me. In other words, I was following what I was hearing in the messages. I asked him into my life, quite simply in a prayer, to take hold of my life and to make my life right. That was the step that brought me personally into salvation. Now, I can recall, and I've said before, I can remember as a young child praying as I went to bed one night with my father and also asking at that point as a young boy for Jesus to come into my heart. But it was not until this moment in my late teens that I actually was seeking to get my life sorted out with God. It was an important step. There were no great lights for me at that moment. There was no incredible, wonderful experience that I could account. It was just an ordinary moment. But I said, Jesus, come into my life and help me and change me. But it was probably the most important step that I could have ever taken. Because I was saved. Salvation that Jesus gives had come to me at that moment, and I had taken hold of it. And I have to say, I'd taken hold of it tentatively. It wasn't as though I understood everything that I was doing. 
I didn't have a full comprehension of all that was going to entail by having said that, but I was saved and something shifted in my life and a new part of my life began. Salvation had come and the journey of my life had begun. That was the doorway of salvation. Secondly, joined, connected, belong. Salvation, as I said, is the starting point. It's the starting point for any person in coming to know God, in getting their lives right with God. It's finding out that your sin, the things that you have done wrong, the things that you know about, you're actually bringing them before God and there's no more questions, there's no more reasoning. You come to a point where you say, please, God, will you come and save me? That is coming into salvation. But as soon as we come into salvation, then we become part of God's family, the church. It's something that happens. John 1, verses 10 to 13, say this. He came into the very world. This is John talking about Jesus. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But, he says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You see, as soon as we receive the salvation that Jesus brings, then we are born again. Yes, but we are also children of God. We become part of the family of God. That's something that happens at that moment. And although for me it all seems like the decisions I was making, I, I, that I was doing it. I had got to the point where my life felt it needed to be right. And so I was making decisions about seeking to get right with God. And yet it wasn't really me who was doing that. It was God working in me. John 15 verse 16 says this. You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Whereas we think we're coming to that point of making a response and, and we're getting ourselves ready before God, it's actually God who is at work in us, who is changing us and bringing us to that point where we can see him, know him and respond to him. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. How wonderful is that? That even before the world was created, God was actually looking out for people and saying, I have chosen you to come to know me so that you may fulfill my purposes and my plans in your life. God has a plan, and in that plan, he wants us to be part of his church. I am chosen. Any one of you who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you are chosen by God. And not just chosen, not just part of his family, but you have become part of his body. Let me go on to explain. Colossians 1 verse 18 says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. The picture is that Jesus is the head of a body. And he's in heaven... And his body is here on earth, the church. He's the one who directs everything. 
But the rest of his body is made up of all of those who have come to believe in Jesus, who have come to receive salvation from him. As Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us who are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And then jumping to verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. If we receive Jesus as our Savior, then not only are we children of God come into his family, and not only was it us thinking that we were responding, but actually he was actually choosing and bringing us into his kingdom, but we're also part of his body. We're part of his body if we've received salvation from Jesus. We are joined, we are connected, and we belong to the church, his body. That is what has happened. We've joined his family, we've connected ourselves back to God, and now we are connected to each other and we belong together as his body here as the church on earth. So let's just give you a background picture Let me ask that question again now. So having looked at that, what is my role? What part do I have to play in this church, in this body of Jesus's that is here upon the earth? Well, the first thing I want us to understand is this. It's not so much what is my role, but it is more that we need the understanding, I belong. I belong. We are not a member of a club. Now, It can be difficult because we understand what club membership is. You come along to their meetings whenever they're held. You get involved in the things that the club is involved with. That's your activity. And there's a sense in which you come to church. So, oh, we're coming to the meetings. They happen every Sunday, those meetings. And we come and we get involved in the activities of the church. And so there can be a thinking like, oh, we're just a member of this club. But the church is not a club. It's not membership of a club. We are rather part of Jesus' body here upon the earth. We literally are his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears here upon the earth, bringing his love through our lives and his ways, his laws, his commands through our lives so that others around us can actually see what God is like. It's a responsibility. So, of course, God has a purpose for every one of us to play. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says this, His intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We looked at this at the first part of this series. You see, one of the reasons that God has put us here is that so all the spiritual powers around can see what God is like working through his creation that are here upon the earth. We are to display the kingdom values to the unseen realm all around us. 
So what is my role? What part do I have to play in all of this? Well, apart from literally living for him in all that we do as part of his church, these are the things that we should be doing. We should be a people who worship. We should be a people who love. We should be a people who obey. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm actually talking about us becoming part of Jesus' body, which is the church right round the globe. It's the worldwide church of Jesus Christ. Salvation brings us in to his body, which is the church worldwide. But the thing is, you see, as it's worldwide, we sometimes think, well, we're a bit disconnected because we're a bit disconnected from those who are now in Australia. For them, their Sunday has already come. They've already had that. We're behind them. But you know what? We're ahead of those in America whose Sunday is yet still to happen in the same way. So there's sometimes a bit difficult for us to engage in the concept of worldwide, which is why we also talk about the local church. We have the worldwide church, which we're part of, but we here are an expression of the worldwide church as being the local church, in this case, Bromley Town Church. We are the local church, and it is here where we can understand the things that God is calling us to do, the things that he wants us to be, his eyes, his feet, his ears, his hands, here in Bromley, well, we can be those things, particularly amongst the community of people that we have our lives with or the people that we are interacting with when we go out to our places of work or to our schools or our colleges or wherever we are, the shops where we're at. It's in those localities that we become local church. Yes, part of the worldwide church, but we can understand that we're part of this. We can feel like we can belong here because together... We can impact our communities for the things of God. And so for us in Bromley, we want to be his eyes, his feet to the people around us. We're to be a people who worship. Our focus as the people of God is that we worship him, Jesus Christ, the one who paid the price for our sin. He is our savior. And you know what? When Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, the devil came to him and said, He was revealing to him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, it says. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them because they are mine to give to anyone I please if you will worship me. And Jesus' response to him, which we see in Luke 4 verse 8, is Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. As a people, we're here to worship. But as a people, we're here to worship Him. We're here to exalt Him. The thing is, our lives get so full of many different things. We get caught up with all sorts of things that worry us and concern us and distract us. What we want to do is to keep our eyes upon Jesus. We want to keep our focus upon him. We want to be a people who worship him, not just in song. A people who worship him in the attitude of our hearts and in the manner of our lives. We want to be a people who worship him. A people who worship him, a people who love him. Now, I'm not simply talking about the fact that we've been commanded by Jesus to love as we have been loved. But to make sure we are a people who love God first and foremost. I think most people are aware that the scriptures give us the first and the greatest commandment. What is the first? What's the most important of all the commandments? And when Jesus was asked this, 
he said this in Matthew 22, 37. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We're called to love God before anything else, above anything else. We're called to love Him. And loving Him means connecting with Him, having a real relationship with Him. We want to make it our aim to be a people who love Him, a people who worship, a people who love, and a people who obey. You understand what it means to obey? Of course we understand what it means to obey. That's because we understand what it means to disobey as well. We know that obeying means doing exactly what you've been asked to do. No moaning, no groaning, no ifs, no buts, no do I have to. It's actually just getting on with what you have been asked to do. That's what it is. To obey means to fully comply with. It means to, yes, I will do it, and I'll do it right now, and I'll do it willingly. That's obedience. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to obey his commands. The commands that he has given for life. The commands that he gives us in his word. To obey him and not to resist him. Now there's a challenge. There's a challenge to those three points. Because we can hear them and we can all say, of course, we're to worship. That's why we're here. We've come to worship. Of course we're to love. We've heard all about that. We know that we've been called to love him. And we've been called not only to love him, but to love my neighbor as myself. We know those things. And obedience. Yeah, yeah, okay, obedience. We understand that. But you see, there is a challenge with these things. We can listen to them. We can agree to them. But the question is, do we actually live by them? That's the problem that we face. When I started, I was talking about as I got saved. I said that I was a sinner, somebody who had broken many of God's commands. I had lied, I had cheated, I had lusted, I had not loved God as I should have done. I had done all of those things. But then I got saved. But now, years after that time, I'm looking at the things that we're supposed to be doing as his body, as his church, and I still find, whoa, I don't always want to worship. I don't always want to love. I therefore find I don't always want to obey. These are challenges. And yet here we are, you think like, well, having got saved, doesn't that make everything right? Doesn't that put everything right? Salvation, that walking through the doorway, is literally walking through the doorway. Following from that point, is a life where we're living a life that is given over to him. Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith. And that's what we've been called to do. But what I find for myself is so often, I live the life that I used to live, but now with moral injunctions put into it. So I know that I shouldn't do that. Okay, so you know, I mustn't lie. I mustn't, there's many things I mustn't do. But I haven't quite understood. I've got to get my eyes onto him. I've got to gaze upon him. I'm to be a person who worships. And as I said, that's not just engaging in the singing of songs. And I love to sing songs. I love to worship like that. But it's fixing my eyes upon him. And I don't know about you, but if I think, are my eyes fixed on Jesus? There are times when my focus is fixed on him. And therefore, it is easier to worship. But there are also times when I get distracted. 
And it's a bit like, I was looking at you, but suddenly I've now got caught up with something else. And so my gaze is no longer towards Jesus. My gaze is upon the problem or the issue or whatever has come into my life, and my focus can get taken away from him. When that focus is taken away, it's more difficult for me to worship him. So then I have to make an effort to say, like, I'm bringing my heart back to focus on him. Who is God? What has he done? How has he helped me in the past? How does he help me now? It brings, I have to bring my heart back that I might get my attention upon him. There's a struggle in that. I find a struggle in that. I'm sure we all find a struggle in that. But that's what we've been called to do. Let's fix our eyes upon him when we come to worship. And to be a people who love, we know it's God first and neighbor second, as I've mentioned. But the problem is it's God first. That's the problem. We're supposed to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength, with all that we have, with all that we are, basically. We're supposed to love God. That's probably where I trip up the most. Because it's difficult. And the hindrance is because I don't always feel like it. Because I haven't always got the time. Because I don't consider it to be my highest priority at that moment. And that is really the issue that I am dealing with, that you are dealing with. is the fact that our selfishness, ourselves, don't really want to submit. We want to live life our way. We want to live life without any other frustrations cutting in on us. We want to do what we want to do. And we'll also give our honor to God when we have that time. But that wasn't the basis on which we got saved. We got saved on the basis that our lives were given over to him, surrendered to him, so that he could have his way. Folks, that issue is the one that I wrestle with. My will, my desires, when I need to be a person who loves him. And a person, therefore, not only who loves him, but a person who obeys him. And as I said earlier, we know what obedience is. We understand what obedience is. And I don't need to stop on this very long, but as I read in Scripture, and I'm reading in Matthew, and I come to the end of Matthew's Gospel, and I'm reading in chapter 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And I realize that's a command. And what are commands? And our response supposed to be to commands? It is to obey. But I can tell you many reasons why. It's not quite convenient right now. And actually, which way did you want me to do that? And who am I supposed to be speaking to? And God, if you don't make yourself clear, then I'm not sure what I should be doing. So I tell you what, I'll just get on with my life in my way. But have I obeyed his commands? That's the situation I'm wrestling with. I want to be, we want to be a people who obey his commands and do what he says. Our will tends to operate for itself rather than us being the body listening to what the head wants and fulfilling what he wants. I find a rather unhelpful scripture And I say unhelpful because this is what it says. James 4 verse 17. It says this, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And you can see why I say it's an unhelpful scripture. There are real challenges for us to face. But God has called us for such a time as this. 
God has chosen us for such a time as this. And even though we may think like, I don't know how this is going to come about. I don't know how my life could change. I don't know how I'm going to get to that position where I could truly worship, where I could truly love, where I could truly obey. But thank God, he who is able to take us out of darkness and to bring us into his kingdom, he is able to accomplish that which he has set before us. He is able to change us. He is able to help us. What we need to do is to understand that we are His. We belong to Him. We are His church. We are the group of people who have found forgiveness for our sins. We are the people who have been redeemed from the world. And we are a people who can live for God's purpose. We don't want to live just like the people around us. We want to live in the way that God has called us to live so that they can look at our lives and see what God is like. That's the whole purpose of us, his church. That's the whole purpose of us being the body of Christ, that we can be Jesus on earth. That as they look at us, people around us can say, what is it about you people? What is it about you? Why do you have this different attitude? Why do you forgive like you do? Because we're looking like Jesus and we want to be like Jesus so getting saved as I said right at the beginning this is that you come into this family of God you become part of this body of Christ you don't become a member because when you are saved you are born again and being born again means you are brought into the kingdom of God so you see biblically you don't actually have church membership Because when you receive salvation, you become part of the body of Christ worldwide. However, it's good in a local church and in a local community to know, hey, who's with us? Who's who's part of what we're trying to do? Who also wants to join in the things that we want to see God doing amongst our community? Who also wants to stand alongside us to say, I want to be one of those people who's seeking to make a difference in the community where I live. I want to be held accountable to what the Bible is, is teaching. Not with a rod, but with a group of people who can help me. With a group of people that I can talk with. With a group of people that I can do life with so that I, with them, can seek to bring the kingdom of God into where I live. I've got questions. I don't always get it right. I don't always know the right thing to do or the right way to be. But what I know is that I need God to help me. And so therefore, I want to be part of a local church. I want to stand with those local church people. And together, we can be the body of Christ and we can see God do his works in and through us to help to transform our community. And that is why we have membership at Bromley Town Church. Because some people could say, well, there's no membership in the Bible. And I would thoroughly agree with them. I didn't become a member. I have become part of Christ's body because I got saved. But you know what? But here, who are those who stand with us in what we're seeking to do? Because some people are literally, they come and they're passing through. And that's a good thing. We bless people who just join us for our services, but they've also, also got lots of other life that they're doing or other places where they need to be. But for us who are here, who are rooted in this community, don't we want to stand together and to say we need to belong together? 
We need to identify that we're standing together as members of the body of Christ. We want to stand alongside one another and help to sharpen one another so that we can do the things that God is calling us to do. Now, I know a number of you are members of the church. You've already come to that point. And I want to thank you for that. But in a sense, I also want to challenge you to say, you know when we did that some time ago and how we can blow hot and cold and how sometimes we can give or how things and pressures can change or how life can change. So I want to ask you, are you still in that place where I'm saying, hey, count me in with the things that God wants to do in this place. Count me in. I want to be part of that. You see, we got estranged over the whole COVID thing. We got separated. We got challenged. We got changed. But now we're coming back together. Now we're seeking again. Isn't it good for us to rethink and say, hey God, you're calling us to be your body. Ears, eyes, all different parts. Some covered, some on show. All different parts, but we want to be together. And I want to put my hand up and say, hey, I want to be part of that. As a member in this place, I'm identifying myself to be part of that. Now, I know that not everybody here is a member of the church, but some of you are new here. And that's why we've got this Connect course. That's what this is about. It's not you, when you got saved, you became part of God's family. But we're saying, would you like to be part of us and the things that we're doing? Do you want to identify with what we're about? Do you want to find out more about us? Because you can join our Connect course, go through that course and still say, hey, actually, I don't really want to do what you're doing. I just want to attend every now and again. Okay, that's, you're allowed to do that. But I want to encourage everybody because we want to be here for God's purposes. If he's brought you here, he's brought you here for his purposes because he doesn't work by accident. God has plans and purposes that he seeks to fulfill. So if you're coming here and you feel a bit on the edge, but you know what? I want, I want to know that I'm part of the local church. I want to know that I'm part of the body of Christ. Then I want to encourage you this morning. Let the Holy Spirit stir you and go and put your name down for the Connect course so that we can spend those four weeks talking together, just getting to know each other a little bit better, you hear some information about the church, then you can make a decision. Yes, I want to be part of this. I want to join up. I want to sign up and be part of what God is doing in this place. So being BTC, who are we? We are those who have found salvation in Jesus Christ. We have become part of his body. And part of the church worldwide, but now we here want to identify as the local church, Bromley Town Church. And we want to be together and we want to do the things of God together so that his kingdom can come and his will can be accomplished. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com